In improvisational theatre, there's an adage that says make your partner look good. In leadership and business relationships, this means you can make personal interactions a win-win situation for both you and your colleagues. Welcome to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Speaking with guests and listeners like you, Amy uses her wisdom and wit, leading you along the road to success. Now, here's your host, Amy Carroll. Welcome, everyone, to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. As a communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, I am delighted to be your host and excited to bring you insights and ideas to help you solve your communication conundrums. This is the 34th episode of my show, Partner Up with Amy Carroll. If you want to find out more about me, what the show's about, feel free to listen to previous episodes on my website, carolcoaching.com, or the voiceamerica.com business channel. Be sure to download the app or tune in using your favorite podcast app. Now, if you missed last week's show, I interviewed Dr. Bettina Pelosi, a business ethics specialist. We discussed how leaders can unintentionally make unethical decisions. We talked about epic ethical failures and also how to avoid them. Now, today, my amazing social media woman, T, is back. Welcome, T. Hi, Amy. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. And I'm happy that we get to continue this because this is really part two of uh, an ep- of the episode we started, I think, about a month back episode. Exactly. Yeah, that's 20 right. 20 something. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, T is going to be asking me questions clients have sent in. And mm-hmm. yes, and as before, T will be acting as my communication compadre. Now, um, well said. I don't know. I think I might have to apologize to your daughter, Boo, Boo for the pronunciation. <laughs> Sorry, Boo. I'm still working on, you know, French. And Spanish is, is taking second, second place. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to be here to ask some questions with you today, Amy. And also, let's have a look at what the participants from your training, some of the themes from the workshop that came up. Yeah, they listed things like a sense of unfairness, mm. micromanaging, okay. insulting, even shouting, having a lack of time, mm. a senior person imposing unproductive work, others being inefficient, low quality work, arrogant, condescending behavior, other people not listening. Wow. These are all things they, they identified that can cause conflict for them. That was the theme of the workshop. Right. Okay. Though here's the thing where I mentioned this in the, the part one of the show is that these situations by themselves don't necessarily trigger conflict. It's really our reaction to any given situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I might get frustrated by my manager micromanaging me, whereas my colleague isn't affected by it. Or maybe one day I find it frustrating and another day I'm fine with it. So right. the common denominator is my reaction. Mm. And more often not, you know, it's the, our reactions when they get defensive, that's what can cause problems. Yeah. So it really does come down to how we react and, and take other people's stresses and everything that's going on in this situation on, as it were. Yeah. And difficult you, one. Oh, right. And that's why I'm never bored by this topic. In fact, yeah. I was listening to NPR and teen, NPR is like the BBC. Okay. Yeah, And so it's always got these fascinating programs. And just two days ago when I was um, 
away for the weekend, I was listening to this program and it talked about research that was done by some people at the University of Cambridge mm-hmm. and they studied cuttlefish. Mm, interesting. Yes. <laughs> and the topic was about self-management, self-control, not giving into impulses being equated with a sign of intelligence. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So if I can remember the story correctly, the mm-hmm. research took, um, found out the two, the cuttlefish's two favorite snacks, the okay. number one favorite and the second favorite snack. And it put in these, these contraptions where the cuttlefish could immediately access its second favorite snack um, or it would have a delayed gratification. I have to wait. And it, if it waited long enough, it could get, have its first favorite snack. And then whatever snack they chose, the other one would disappear immediately after. Okay. So it showed that sure enough, the cuttlefish will, cuttlefish could learn to wait longer for their preferred snack. And so this is a sign of controlling impulses and thus a sign of intelligence. <laughs> Not true with chickens, apparently. <laughs> So funny. I the reason I share the story T is because for me the gift or the invitation perhaps is a good word to listeners is if we want to improve our intelligence one of the ways we could do that is by improving our self control mm-hmm. and using uh, uh you know suppressing and controlling our impulses to react and instead make an op- a choice to respond in any given situation. Yeah, and that's easier said than done, isn't it? We all know, listeners, that uh-huh. <laughs> impulses and, and reactions are sometimes difficult to uh, to control. Okay, so I'm excited about the show. Let's learn some more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the, here's the thing. With, uh, this is a little more update background for the listeners. In the first show, that was episode 29. That's what it was. It was from March 19th. Yeah, yeah that's right. And... It was about, we talked about remaining authentic, not giving, going into defense mode, sharing emotions with colleagues. Those are some of the topics we discussed. Mm -hmm. And then we also moved into crisis situations, how to handle ourselves in a crisis situation Mm -hmm. and how to apply the famous pause in a conflict with a superior. So uh, that's something that listeners can check out that episode as well if they want to hear what was discussed in the part one. Fantastic. Thank you. Okay, so Amy, let's jump in with the first question. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, so this question came in from one of the participants. It goes like this. Can we throw some light on getting someone to accept me being their boss? Hmm. I have a problem that one of my team members or direct reports has issues accepting me as their boss. I suspect age and gender bias is the reason, which is leading us to have conflicts. This person does not wish to discuss issues with me and prefers to go to my boss for everything. Wow. Yeah, that's that's tricky. Mm. I guess, so speaking directly to this person, the first thing I would recommend you do is make sure your boss is redirecting this person back to you. Oh, good one. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make sure your boss, you have your boss's full support on this. Mm -hmm. And they may think they're doing you a favor by handling it, in the short run, perhaps not in the long run. So definitely get aligned first with your boss. Great. And the next thing, make sure you're showing up as a solid partner. And I guess to you, what I should do is I should take a pause here to explain the predator prey partner model. Mm 
Please four people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go for it. All right. So this model was developed by my sister, Pat Kirkland. And you can find out more about Pat, more about the model if you check out patkirklandleadership.com. So there's three archetypes. The partner is in the middle. And the partner is actually a balance of the positive behaviors of the predator and the positive behaviors of the prey. Mm. And she holds high respect for the other and for herself simultaneously under pressure. Mm, Wow. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. The problem is if we don't train this, many of us are, we most likely slip in unconsciously into habitual reaction of the predator where I'm holding too much respect for myself, not enough for the other, where I would damage the relationship with between myself and the other person. And the prey, that's P-R-E-Y, holds too much respect for the other, not for themselves. And that ironically, you know, if I'm in this case, I'm showing T too more respect than I, for her towards her than I am towards myself. That could actually even trigger someone like T to become a predator towards me. Hmm. So the idea is you want to step in partner before you need it. Stay in partner when the going gets tough. So really controlling those impulses. Yes. Mm-hmm. And remaining partner, even if you don't get what you want. Now, good thing, the good news is, T, when you just said that now, is it, it's, it doesn't, it's not something people have to, it's, we build the muscle of response. So now I don't have to desperately control my inner predator as much as I used to. Okay. So it gets easier. Yes. It gets much, much easier because yeah, that's why I I thought of it right now because what you do is you create new pathways in your brain that becomes the new automatic way of responding. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Build the muscles like we're at the gym. Exactly. And there was something Mm -hmm. else I was going to say about the, Step, step in partner for you need it. Stay in partner when the going gets strong. Oh, and um, you said, yeah. Amy, stay in partner even if you don't get what you want. That sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah we should probably, uh, if we have time, we could share the, the green suede jacket story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, and if we don't have time, let's um, see at the end. If we run out of time, let's tell listeners where they can uh, find the three or four minute video on the perfect. green suede jacket about yep. staying partner, even when you don't get what you want. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So now that listeners have this, uh, um, shorthand definition of the part predator prey partner, here's, I want to go back to this question and what I'm recommending to this person who is, has a team member who doesn't want to accept them as the boss You've got to make sure you're showing up as a boss because it's possible. I feel like this person, I know it was a woman who said this because she also refers to the gender issue. Mm. I suspect she's fairly new, fairly young. Maybe this is the first time she's managing other people. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we feel like imposters when we're taking on a new skill. Oh, yes. Or a new role. Mm -hmm. And so what you want to do is you want to show up as a solid partner, even if you're not feeling it inside. And that means... Strong, confident, assertive body language, voice, and words. Hmm. So rather than say, Peter, would you do that presentation? I might say, Peter, I'd like, to, I'd like you to do the presentation. So I switch it from a hesitant, uncertain 
prey like energy in question to yeah. a warm, friendly statement. Great. That's an example of being assertive. Mm-hmm. Without going over the top, of course, not too assertive. Right. So, predator parents. would be Peter, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> Get that done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay. And then the other thing is make sure you're not over-apologizing. That's mm-hmm. something that, you know, really nice people do. Or if we're honest, unsure of ourselves, we tend to over-apologize. Or make sure you're not showing when you're stressed. If you're angry or upset. or Because all of that is transferable. Energy is contagious. So mm-hmm. if we're showing a negative mood, I can say, you know, I'm really stressed about the upcoming presentation that's fine to state how you're feeling what you don't want to do is i'm i just everybody (laughs) just would you just give me a second you know so that's the packaging needs to be calm and in control right so much to to be in control of at one time are you sure we can get to doing all of these things honey if i can if i can do it for sure (laughs) other people can do it and i've seen it in action okay great (laughs) And let me add to this. Once you've learned, you, you know, that you have, you reached this level of mastery with this. So, so let's call this woman, Susanna, mm-hmm. and she's got this direct report, Peter, and she can't just go in that first time and say, okay, I'm going to be an assertive partner now. And it's going to work. She's going to need to show up as an assertive, confident, direct, approachable partner for several weeks, okay, consistently, yeah, for Peter to be convinced that this is the new and improved version. This okay. is Susanna 2.0. Yeah. So that you you need to give it some time. Okay. Makes and sense. you'll likely see a change in this person's behavior. They might resist it first. So as I said, give them time. And also the last thing I want to say to this person is, Work on not taking their inappropriate behavior personally. Mm. Because it's not cool if there's truth to what you're saying and they're, you know, going over your head to your boss. Mm. Not cool. Though your job is to not take it personally. Okay. Wow. So really put ego aside and... mm -hmm. Okay, fabulous. Thanks, Amy. <laughs> so another question. We are, uh, somebody else wrote in and said, I often experience avoidance when I'm trying to have difficult conversations. Not at work necessarily because most people act more or less rationally there sometimes. Unfortunately, <laughs> at home. Mm. How do I get my counterpart engaged to have these unpleasant conversations? Mm, okay. So we don't know if the counterpart is this person's partner or uh, apartment mate or housemate. Maybe family even. Couldn't it be sister, brother? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And the thing is, we tend to misbehave more at home. Just like she said, sometimes, you know, people keep it together at work. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So if I understand this question clearly, what you're saying, you, the person writing in the question, what, what they're saying is that the other person is avoiding conflict. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, sounds like that. Yeah, that's how you read it? Okay. Okay. So in this case, I recommend you check in to make sure you're showing up as a partner. Mm. 
and not being overly dominant or pushy or aggressive. Yes, because if we see that conflict coming, I know if I feel like somebody wants to have some conflict or raise a, a tricky situation, I may just try and get out of that too. Yeah. It's a human thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. We don't yeah. necessarily want to go into the difficult situation. We want to avoid the drama. We've got enough of it, you know, and difficulties, day-to-day life and all that. And the so, thing is, the person's got to be really honest with themselves because just because you're validly upset about something doesn't mean you get to come across and package the message that and sound pushy, aggressive, or dominant. Hmm. I, I know that's frustrating and feels unfair. And if you want to get the positive results and get the conversation, advancing the conversation, you've got to force yourself to, calm, you know, to stay calm and in control. And I would, there's a book that I recommended in part one. I want to recommend it again in case for listeners who didn't hear part one. And that is pick up the book with the title Quiet. The author I want to say is Susan Cain, C-A-I-N, I I believe Mm -hmm. his last name, title Quiet. If you're an extrovert, it will help you to see how to recalibrate your behavior to better interact with someone who's more of an introvert. And if you're more of an introvert, it's going to help you to see why it's so important for other people to hear what you think and how you feel. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. In terms of more specific behaviors, especially for the extroverts, make sure you're letting yourself be interrupted. This is a theme that we're going to be visiting in more detail shortly. Have a soft smile. You might think, really? That's weird. No, it's a soft smile is literally saying to the other person, today you're safe. Mm. Today, today you won't die. Okay. People yeah. need that reassurance to c- help calm their brains. Mm-hmm. And you want to do active listening, summarizing, and make sure you don't use the word but. Oh, right. Tell me again, why do we not use the word but? There's something about when many people hear the word but in whatever language it's said in, mm-hmm. other people tend to react with defensiveness. Okay. And here's the thing. Listeners, you might be saying to yourself, oh, well, I don't react defensively when someone says but. First of all, not, not convinced. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are, a lot of people say that and then yet you see them react. So. Mm-hmm. You might just not be conscious that that's what's triggering you. Okay, that's one thought. And let's say for sure you just don't react to it. If that's true, celebrate that. Absolutely. Because that's great news if you don't get triggered or react negatively when someone says but. Except the point is not... Uh, for you, you want to remove the word "but" from your vocabulary so that other people you don't trigger other people. Voila! Right? Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Voila. Okay, great. Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah, and using this approach regularly will this approach of um, calm, control, letting yourself be interrupted, soft smile, active listening, summarizing, not using "but." Using this approach regularly will help the other person to feel safe. And you may find over time 
that they're more willing to have unpleasant, difficult conversations. Though just like the situation with the woman and her direct report, you need people who already know you, who are already familiar with your style. You need to give them time to recalibrate and adjust to your new way of communicating. Mm -hmm. Because at first, they're not going to trust it. You know, they're going to still be suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. And, And over time multiple exchanges at some point they're going to start to say okay yes you know i can trust that amy is going to be calm in this conversation Mm. and that makes me think about the podcast that you did with a lady called faye mack which really stuck out in my head because after a few days training with you and she was a one day one day in a large large group wow yeah she said she went home and she put these practices well, the, the whole thing, the, the partner package, into practice with her spouse, with her husband. That's right. And she got some amazing results. So that's Podcast 19. You can check it out on Amy's website, Navigating Partner at Home by Faye Mack. Yeah, I think Faye was, was, she works for the Paralympics in Canada. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I remember that vividly. Okay, so the, that's how they find it with the title? With the title, yeah. Don't look for the number. It's Navigating Partner at Home. Okay. Okay, so let's talk about interruption. What? Is, what? What? This is a tough what? one. This is a what? tough one, right? <laughs> because nobody likes to interrupt. Nobody likes to be interrupted. So there's definitely technique to it. You know how to do it so well. Um, so let's see. This question is, how do you finish your points if you're constantly being interrupted? This is such a sensitive point mm-hmm. for so many people. Because I think many of us, and I have in the past have been, I don't want to say guilty of this. I have, I've fallen into this trap where I take it as a sign of disrespect when someone's interrupting mm, me. Okay. And, and that's not always the case. No. Because when people interrupt other people, it's also a very cultural style of communicating. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a woman who I think I was watching her TikTok video and she said, I'm from New York. I'm an interruptee. I saw that. She did. And it's true because I live in France and I can tell you now, French people like to interrupt. And mm-hmm. if you sit at a dinner table me being a British lady, oh yeah, I would sit and be horrified tw- going back 20 years when I got here at how many people were speaking over each other and interrupting and actually what they were doing, now I understand, they're picking up bits of the conversation and, and kind of weaving themselves into that conversation. Yeah. It's definitely and cultural. And that's what this woman said. She said, uh, it's, she, uh, and I think she re- referred to uh, Jewish heritage. She yeah. said, if you're not finishing my conversations, I think you're not interested in what I'm saying. <laughs> Oh, wow, that's, that's very different. So for her, silence is almost a sign of disrespect. You see, in England, if you interrupt somebody, then you're rude. So it's mm. a, you know, a whole different aspect. So here's my recommendation to this person. You want to hold the relationship between you and, and the person you're interacting with with higher importance than getting your point finished. So this is going to take okay. a lot of putting your ego to the side. And this will help you have more patience to listen to the person, to let yourself be interrupted. Okay, so first of all, this is a big one, is I'm saying you actually want to embrace and, and, and allow the interruption. Okay. Then summarize what you heard 
them say. And once they're finished, you may, they may be open to letting you, per, you finish. No guarantee here, though there's a high probability that it'll work if you give them the space to express themselves. And so for me, they cut you off in the middle of a sentence like I just did to you. <laughs> okay, so what we, that, that was great that you did that. So what happened was I was starting to speak, you started to talk, and I just stopped myself. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a great example for listeners of letting yourself be interrupted. Right. So even though I had the invisible microphone, I just stopped immediately. You did. So you right. instinctively knew and you let me have the space. And I know you've, you've taught me a great technique, and that's using the person's name. Yes. So this um, is interesting because this approach that I'm describing, it's useful when someone goes on what I would feel like is an unproductive rant. Mm-hmm. Now, it could just be that they need to vent. Right. And so to effectively manage their rant, you watch the video. This is what you're talking about. The, um, I have a video on my website. Yeah. Active listening, active interruption is the name of the video. Mm-hmm. And it will allow you to get back positive control. Yeah. Like you said, the invisible microphone taking control of that. And when somebody goes on and on and on and they say that, well, they seem to be saying the same thing over and over again. So, and you're thinking, right, we've got five minutes to get through this. It's such a good technique, isn't it? Yes. Using the, say the person's name to kind of shock them into listening. Yeah. Yeah. They respond very well to their name. Yeah. Except that there's this very specific way to say their name. So people should go check out the video. Go and check the video. Absolutely. Okay. So what if you're not getting heard after you let them rant? What do you do next? Mm, Well, once they've finished ranting and you summarize what you heard them say, then honestly, you're going to hate this one. Ask them, is there anything else? This will feel like torture. What? (laughs) (laughs) Tell them to continue. Is there anything else? Exactly. Because you just want them to just like ring out that rag and just, Get it all out. Wow. Because if they're legit, if they have legitimately have something on their minds important, they feel heard. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're not going to be willing to listen to you. Mm-hmm. And when they do finally state they have nothing else they want to say, then ask them if they're open to listening to you. The problem is they might say no. Yeah. So you want to honor that. Okay. Okay. And then you could respond by saying, no problem. We can talk about it in another day this week. Or you might say, okay, no problem. I'll drop you an email with my thoughts. Okay. So if I understand what you're saying, they go on and on and on. They do their rant. Yep. And then then you ask them, tell me more. Yeah. You invite them to continue so they've got absolutely nothing left to say or they feel like they've said everything they need to say. Yes, exactly. And then you ask them if you can put your point across right yes and give them the opportunity to say no I don't want to hear it Uh uh-huh that could hurt it yes no guarantee this is going to be easy or fair (laughs) oh my goodness okay so then you offer an option of picking up next week or with an email Exactly. And you know what, T? I'm going to interrupt us here. Let's go for a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to prepare for potentially conflictual conversations. So stay tuned. You're listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice of America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you have colleagues, family members or neighbours that just drive you crazy sometimes? Do you occasionally find yourself feeling disrespected, mistreated 
or annoyed by others. As a no-nonsense communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, Amy Carroll may have a solution for you. For over 35 years, Amy has studied status and power dynamics, what sabotages relationships, results, and how to get desired outcomes in business and personal interactions. Make your partner look good is a philosophy from improvisational theater, as well as Amy's favorite mantra. For the last 20 years, she has been using her superhero powers to inspire individuals and multinationals around the globe to transform their communication and tap into their own partner powers. With concrete behavior changes in voice, body language, words, and attitude, Amy shows clients what to keep and what to change to get more of what you want more often with less hassle. Visit carolcoaching.com today. That's C-A-R-R-O-L-L coaching.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. We want participation from you. Feel free to send an email to amy at carolcoaching.com. Now, back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Here again is Amy. Welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about the challenges of being interrupted. So let's jump back into the questions, T. Perfect. Thanks, Amy. So if we allow ourselves to get interrupted, how can one make sure we stay on topic and don't get carried away with side conversations or side battles? Mm. This can absolutely happen. And so let's assume that you're you're staying on your side of the street. You're staying focused on topic X, for example. Yeah. And you're not the one who's bringing in the side conversations, though the other person is. And that can right. just lead to all sorts of extra mess. stress and mess. Right. <laughs> so, and I also have a theory about this. Starting side conversations is an approach sometimes people use to distract us. Right. Yeah. Sneaky. Yeah. Now, sometimes they're doing it consciously. Sometimes it's unconscious. Mm-hmm. And when it's not innocent, I call it doing smoke and mirrors. Right. You know, the, the yeah. kind of the magician's way of mm. tricking you. Yeah, for sure. So to successfully handle this, you've got to have like a split brain focus here. Half your brain is focusing on what the intended topic is. Mm-hmm. And the other half of your brain is focusing on what the other person is saying. So okay. you've got to be tracking both things. It's a little bit tiring. Yeah. And then... In the back of your mind, you want to have the point that you want to make that you want, so you can keep coming back to it. Perfect. I mean, yeah, don't let it go. You don't want to let it go. At the same time, you want to be as present as possible to stay mm-hmm. focused on what they're saying. And that's going to be tough, right? Because you don't want to feel like you're ignoring what they're saying. And, and you maybe even make them get even more angry and irate if you don't listen to what they're saying. Yeah. 
And for me, it's important to resist the temptation to not get caught in these side conversations because it might be their intention to pull you off topic. Right. Okay. Though here's my uh, approach to exactly that. So to keep both of you on track is you Mm. can say um, uh, using something called the broken record approach Mm. and calmly repeat yourself. So it would sound like this. T, right now, I'd like to stay focused on topic X. I'm willing to discuss topic Z with you another time. Great. So I'm acknowledging that you've got this other thing that you want to talk about. And I'm also being, you know, setting boundaries and saying, you know, this is what I want to talk about today. I love that. Yeah. So simple Mm. and polite uh, and neutral. It feels very neutral. If you can package it, because I could say T, T, I don't want to. <laughs> That's right? not so neutral. <laughs> no, exactly. It's all in the packaging, people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fabulous. I'm going to try that. Okay, so let's get on to the theme of content. We had some questions around preparation for potentially conflictual conversations. So you mm-hmm. know it's coming up. How do I prepare best the content? Can it be a personal opinion combined with facts? Of course, it's safer to stay with facts. Mm -hmm. At the same time, when you want to share your feelings or your personal opinion, what you can do is you let the other person know that's what it is. You name it. Okay. And there's this great phrase that I've been using for years. And I've just, there's a book recommendation I want to make to listeners Um, that I think will serve people even more than the title. The title is The New Rules of Marriage Mm -hmm. by Terry. I can't remember Terry's last name. New Rules of Marriage. And I'm as I've been listening to the book, I can see there's all sorts of benefits in there of things that you can use in what do you call the the relationships that are not, not intimate, platonic. Platonic Mm -hmm. relationships and business relationships. So I can highly recommend that book to listeners. Okay. And Terry uses this one phrase as well that I think he got from another coach. And the phrase is the story I'm making up in my head. Okay. Yes. Or just simply the story I'm making up. Mm -hmm. And this way it's what you're doing is you're giving yourself permission to share your opinion. Right. And because you're saying it's a story I'm making up, it might reduce a defensive reaction in the other person and even help give that person insight as to why you're so upset or angry or confused or Mm -hmm. fearful, whatever. It's very clever because we have this tendency to say, I think, I feel, I I'm feeling or whatever, you know. And so by saying the story I'm making up in my head, you take ownership of what you're about to say. 100%. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you're calling it out saying, hey, I don't know if this is true or not. It's just what I believe right now. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. And the name of the book again, Amy, was? The New Rules of Marriage. Okay. And it's, what was the thing I wanted to say about that? Um, oh, can't remember. It's gone. If it comes back, I'll, uh, I'll mention it later. So if, if, for example, I say to you, this is what I, this is what I'm thinking. No, the, the story I'm telling myself is this. 
does that kind of diffuse the tension? Is that the idea? Uh, yes. Right. And I thought of the thing. Thank you. So, and it also gives the other person permission to say, well, the story I made up was that you, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Okay. Right? So it's yeah. a tool that both people can use. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I write that one down. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lots of good tips today. Okay. So what about phrasing things? So we may have a tendency to go in guns blazing, I guess, if we've got something on our mind or something is bothering us. Mm-hmm. Um, how does fra- the way we phrase things, how can that change the outcome, Amy? Wow. For me, it can make all the difference in the world. Right. So one of the things I work on with clients is they said just learning about something called NVC, which stands mm-hmm. for nonviolent communication. No, it, you can it. check out, yeah, it's uh, cnvc.org or nvctraining.org for more information. If you if it, it'll help you to state requests versus demands, mm. which increase the likelihood of getting the outcome you want. So if I say to you, um, T, you need to pick me up at three o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, that's a demand, right. Whereas a request is T, I don't have a car today and I need to be at the meeting by four. Can you, would you be willing to pick me up at three o'clock? Mm-hmm. Changes and everything. It does, right? You hear it is much more, it gives you the power to choose. And that's why it's scary for people. That's why I want to make a demand because I want to control the outcome of the situation. Mm-hmm. Ironically, by me making a demand, I'm going to push you further away, less likely will you be willing to give me what I want. Mm -hmm. So I, as the requester, have to be willing to give up control. That's part of the benefit. In fact, I will be having a guest on my show in the next couple of weeks, Dr. Yvette Erasmus, who's a doctor of clinical psychology. And we're going to get into NVC and the juicy to other juicy topics in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. And you know, this, um, this story and the, and the whole NVC, uh, um, reminds me of a situation recently that I had when I was moving house. And I think I mentioned it to you because I really did have to keep my partner hat on big time. The story about the internet connection. So I moved house, trying to get the internet connection, changing companies, very complicated. Once again, I live in France. So I've got this being on the telephone in a different language. The way you phrase things is important. And we have to think about that when it's not your own culture and your, yeah. your own language. So this really did come into play. I think I'd called the company. In fact, I know because I wrote them down 17 times. Oh, my gosh. Already, by the third conversation, I was finding it hard to keep cool because everybody needs the internet today. I could not believe that in Mm -hmm. 2020, it was taking not four weeks, not eight weeks. This was into month number three with no internet connection, having to what we call the hotspot from our phone. And it was driving me crazy. Right. So, and listeners should know that you work from home, that you're, you got a daughter who needs to use the internet. Who's at college? Yeah, yeah. So it was oh. getting very wow. desperate. We can say, and, you know, college is that's the. Um, she's actually only twelve, so she's not. She's smart. She's not that smart because college <laughs> in the U.S. is like eighteen and over. So she's no. still in high school she's for high American school. listeners. Right. She didn't skip uh, six years of education <laughs> <laughs> prodigy. No. So we were we were super frustrated because, of course, 
everybody needs internet for everything, whether it was just going to be watching a film at the weekends or, you know, everyday work. Um, so as I say, I had to put all of, all of the stuff that I've been learning with you, all the techniques, the partner techniques really into play. Um, so the story goes one day at the end of the afternoon, towards the end of the three months, the second technician turned up at the door and he was having a bad day. I could just tell he was disheveled. He called me, couldn't find the address, said he probably was not going to stick around. And, and I'm getting desperate thinking, you know, this is the only second, the second time a technician has been to the house. I've got to get him into this house. Got yeah, to you get can't him. let him leave. He's not slipping through the net. You know, I'm going to do everything. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking, like, stay calm, stay partner. Okay, so, so hold on. So you, you were conscious. Oh, my gosh. I got this guy who sounds like he's probably in predator mode. Oh, he was. Yeah. You were already assessing him. And then you were coaching yourself consciously. Yes. Yeah. Okay, got it. Really being careful of how I phrased everything, how I said, because after 17 phone calls and only two visits, this is the second visit. I mean, I was ready to explode. I was ready to say, where the hell have you guys been? Why cannot, you know, this can't be fixed. So, so hold on. So you knew you were intuitively really wanting to be predator. You knew that Mm -hmm. wasn't going to get you what you needed. Right. And from his, the, the initial contact with him on the telephone, he was predator. So I was already feeling like, don't go pray. Don't be apologizing, you know, and, and stay very um, assertive, which is the word you, you used earlier. Be assertive. Keep the smile on the face. You know, I just said, you're really not too far. I'll walk up the road. I'll come and meet you and I'll show you everything I could to get him in. So he eventually did. He got into the house and he was going crazy about the company he worked for. So put me in a difficult position. He was telling me, change companies. This is all they ever do. We just have problem after problem, blah, 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 blah. And it sounded like he needed to sound off. Ah, vent. So I put in what we say the giraffe ears, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The big giraffe ears. And I thought, (laughs) I'm going to pull out my big empathy card and listen to him and use my active listening. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, wow. So again, repeating back if I understand yeah this has happened a lot and 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 slowly 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 after nearly an hour the situation was diffused he relaxed I could see that I gained his trust wow and, and you're this doing this all in French all in French as well yeah so that wasn't the challenge the challenge was really to say little and the right thing and to let him know that I was kind of on his side and, and just stay partner throughout the whole thing. Was there any point that you, because if I put myself in your shoes, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have, I think I would have lost it at a certain point, like, hey, buddy, I'm the customer here. I shouldn't have to be your therapist. There was that. Before that, Amy, there was also, he was rude. He was being rude to me at the beginning for about mm-hmm. 20 minutes. Wow. He was peed off with yeah. With, the company with the job, why he'd been sent here. It was Friday afternoon. He didn't, he had 10 minutes. That was it. And we'd already gotten to minute 20 and he was being rude. So instinctively I wanted to tell him to, you know, go shove it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and at the same hand, I was never going to let that happen because I was so desperately waiting for my internet connection right now. So it was 
kind of a crisis situation for me, going back yeah. to the crisis stuff. And I had yeah. to keep control and master my emotions because I wanted to say, hey, buddy, do you know how long I've been waiting? <laughs> <laughs> I should be the one going off at you. Right. So there, were just, there was so much in that experience. I, I remember calling you after saying, Amy, oh, my gosh. It was insane how it worked. And he went above and beyond. He spent an hour with me. He went over to the box in the street. He realized that some kind of connection with a wire had gone wrong. It wasn't his job. He knew how to do it. And then he even called the people for me to check and make them test the line, okay, rather than the other technician that had been just left. So I invited him for a drink and said, would you like to, you know, spend five minutes having a drink? I want to say thank you. Mm -hmm. He did. It was left calm, happy weekend, and I got my internet connection on. Wow. And it was, you know, it was a tricky one. It was a tricky one. That's a, I think that's a story that a lot of listeners could probably relate to. Maybe, maybe. And the other thing that I remember I used a lot was tell me more. Those Mm -hmm. three little words, tell me more. Okay, I'm listening. Dis-moi plus. How do you say that in French? Je vous écoute. Je in vous fact, écoute. we say I'm, I'm listening. listening. Je I'm vous listening. écoute. And then you invite the person to, mm-hmm. to, to tell you more, you know. Mm-hmm. Dis-moi. Okay, je, je vous écoute. So it was a, it's, it stays in my memory. It really does stick out in my memory. Wow. That's a, a great story. successful partner story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> partner prevailed again. And there are so many things in that story that um, you are able to repeat in the future and that you created muscle memory that it'll be interesting in the next time if something challenging happens to you to notice how, oh, oh, that wasn't so hard. It's not. Yeah, maybe it's not so hard because of all the hard work you put in already. Because of yeah, because of nearly three years of training and practicing, maybe one of the skills, like the tell me more, mm-hmm. with my boyfriend. If we get into a fight, or you know, somebody else, or whoever it may be, tell me more. And that's not. I, I guess I could call myself a uh, a predator more than prey, recovering uh-huh. predator. Yes. <laughs> so the tell me more thing when you said that when you explained that I was kind of and there's a video also in the snippet. There is yes that people can check out on your video page on the website, carolcoaching.com. Tell me more. What what are these three words? Tell me more. Um, It works. It really, really does work. Mm, mm. Because as you said, the person opposite wants to, which would usually be me, wants to say everything that they have to say. and And that's how the tension arises. Two people getting feistier and feistier and and trying to speak over each other and when somebody drops back and reacts differently so if you Mm -hmm. take that on as the partner it really for me has been uh eye-opening yeah and life-changing um you know i would upgrade that tell me more now that i've interviewed george colreaser i interviewed him back in right january maybe Mm -hmm. and his point was that Um, Sometimes people react to being told things and that if you just do a little tweak and turn it into an even more obvious question, Mm -hmm. they may respond even more positively, which would be, would you tell me more? Wow. Okay. So that's, I think, for particularly dicey situations or if you find someone's not reacting well to tell me more, say, would you tell me more? And then what that does is it then puts even more control um, 
in the on the other side is what I was saying earlier about demand versus request. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I've got some more work to do. <laughs> I think that's a bonus that can be used, you know. Would you tell me more? Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. So you're, again, it's almost like handing over the the racing baton, isn't it? Over to you and giving them the space to, to explain. Yeah. yeah Fabulous. Exactly. Okay. So, Amy, I have another question from the participants. Okay. What if people, have we got time? How are we doing? Yeah, we, we do. We have plenty of time. Okay, great. So what if people don't seem to take you seriously in a work situation or maybe at home? Hmm. Well, for me, two possibilities come to mind. Mm-hmm. Either they're doing it purpose, purposely to be cruel. I don't know if it's the word is purposely or pur- purposefully. There we go. Oh, thank you. Strange one, isn't it? Always good to have a, a Brit in the conversation. <laughs> I said it and I go, I'm not sure that's a real word. Purposefully <laughs> to be cruel or insulting. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or the other possibility is you're showing up as too nice, too oh. deferential, too apologetic. So pray, essentially. Yes. And which is what's interesting. When we go back to your story, I remember you saying you knew instinctively uh, when he was the technician was being very aggressive you had this temptation yeah. for a second to go pray and apologetic and he you, scared me he yeah. was scary at the beginning he was you know he was not happy he was not a happy bunny he'd had a terrible week and he hated his job and I was going to get the brunt of that and so of course yeah I was don't go pray don't go pray don't go pray and that mm. was a tough battle yeah that was a yeah. tough one and you, you were coaching yourself not to go pray because of the work we've done together because you know oh, that oh yes <laughs> um, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so for listeners if you because most of the people under pressure people will go prey more than predator mm. and and there's a huge price that you pay you right. it will even nice people will be triggered to become aggressive or rude or disrespectful towards you so it's significant so you really want to uh, break that habit of going prey yeah, and that's interesting because when I first got to grips with this, Amy, I remember thinking, how can being nice and apologetic make somebody angry or make them I, go predator? It didn't compute. I couldn't work that out. And now I've seen it all in action. Yeah, I mean, I get it. So stopping myself from going prey was important for me in that situation. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that the being a sort of, and here's the thing. One of the things, T, I don't know if you've, well, you, you took the course years ago, so you did mm-hmm. get filmed. I'd be interesting to hear your opinion mm-hmm. because what, what is the biggest challenge for people when I work with them is this gap in awareness, how we think we're coming across and how we're actually coming across. Yes. So the recommendation I have for people is film yourself. And now if you right. have anyone who has a zoom account, you can just open up, even your free account, you can open it up, you hit record, and you can film yourself as if you're having a conversation with someone or as if, as if you're uh, going to present something or maybe you're going to be in conflict with someone and you want to practice, okay, I'm going to say, you know, say this really assertively. And the thing is, for many people who are too nice, they feel when they're assertive, they think they're being rude or aggressive or mm-hmm. disrespectful. And that's why you film yourself. 
because then afterwards you watch it, go get popcorn, you know, close the door and watch (laughs) your video because what you'll see is most likely you were assertive and not aggressive. Mm -hmm. So that's a great way to close the gap fast. What about you, T? Do you remember what it was like when you were watching your videos? I do. You coaching me as far as volume was concerned. That was one of the first things, the volume. And I had this nervous laughter. Do you remember? I kept laughing and getting mm-hmm. nervous mm-hmm. because I was being assertive. It was kind of like a, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of, yeah, looking back. And once the, the nervous laughter was under control, the being assertive actually felt almost like I was being rude yes, or over the top. And again, as British, a big generalization, I know that Brits, we like to apologize and we like to be gentlemanly and maybe say less. And so the, the assertive thing was a challenge for me. Yep. And it wasn't half as bad when I'd got to grips with it and been able to practice. It felt worse than it looked. So watching back on the video, I looked assertive and I looked in control and I yeah. looked professional. Uh, yet it felt like I was doing too much. And you sa- you sounded assertive and not aggressive. Yeah. Is that true? Okay. Uh, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So listeners, this is going to be, you'll probably have the same experience that T did, is that mm. there's going to be that gap between how you think you're showing up and how you're actually showing up. Um, so... Practice makes perfect. Get the videos on. Then what happened after you watched the video? We only have two minutes to go to. So just in 20 or 30 seconds, um, what changed for you after watching the video? Well, I was reassured. And Ah. yeah, reassured and realized that you can always push a little bit more, a little bit further because it felt over the top or too loud or too presumptuous or too this. And actually, no. And I would have never filmed myself doing any of that in real life if mm-hmm. you, a coach, had not told me to try it. Mm-hmm. So, Cool. Yeah, highly recommend that. All right. Well, listen, T, we have to wrap up now. So um, what is one call for action that you would offer to listeners? Okay. So, Amy, my call to action would be to for listeners to use and practice those four magic words would you tell me more it might be five <laughs> would you tell me more yeah of course we've done thinking it that's was five we've three added. and we've added words <laughs> we've added some we've added some. so tell me more has now become would you tell me more yeah five magic beautiful words. nice and my call for action is for listeners to send me your communication conundrums clashes challenges mishaps blunders and successes via email or social media. And I will read them and discuss them on future shows, much like uh, T and I did today. And you can send those directly to my email, amy at carolcoaching.com. That's two R's and two L's. If you're ready to take your superhero partner powers into the next decade, join me for my online leadership presence course. You can check out more about that on carolcoaching.com. Next week, I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Katrina Burroughs. We'll be discussing the difference between a demanding leader and a brilliant jerk. What are the fears of a brilliant jerk and how to develop a brilliant jerk's interpersonal skills? (laughs) T, thank you. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thanks, Amy. It's been great again. Super. And thanks, listeners. You've been listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. And keep in mind, 
Practice makes partner and partner makes peace. Happy partnering, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Join Amy for another edition next Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, make it a great week. And remember, make your partner look good.